You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Right, Roger. 40 years ago, 40-4-0, something very special happened for filmgoers around the world. Flash Gordon was released. Flash Gordon. Now, Pascal, again, we might be accused of choosing a really, really old film, but... Let, let, let's just be honest with the listeners and the viewers just for a moment. You mentioned our good friend, Mr. Richard Tubb, uh, in a, in a, earlier in the show. Before lockdown, we got together, didn't we? We, we hired we a, an Airbnb. We, we often do this uh, when, when the world isn't locked down. We hire a, a B&B. We spend the, the day helping each other out with biz, our business. So it's almost like a, a, a mastermind. But then in the evening, we always have some fun. And we got a couple of bottles of wine. We got an Indian takeaway. And we watched Flash Gordon. And it was just such a fun night, wasn't it? I mean, it's a it's a bit of a uh, um, a visually uh, arresting film. Very bright colours, a little bit garish, a little bit cheesy. Very very eighties, you know, with the the shoulder pads and the and the and the big hair and all of that sort of thing. But all three of us knew all the words, didn't we? <laughs> and every time one of those immortal lines like "Gordon's alive," which is which was screamed by Brian, Brian Blessed. We were, we were shouting it out as well and having a laugh. And, and that's why I thought that it would be good to talk about Flash Gordon, because it's one of those films, again, which has passed into legend. Now, Flash Gordon was originally a, a, a cartoon strip going way back to the 1920s and 30s, uh, drawn and written by somebody called Alex Raymond. There were uh, three film versions actually there were film serial versions made in the 1930s starring somebody called Buster Crab and they were obviously in black and white and and you used to go to the cinema every Saturday for 13 weeks to see a 20 minute episode of Flash Gordon so it was already part of the mythos of, of science fiction across the world and this film made in 1980 as you say I don't know how they managed it but it was a miraculous combination of an amazing soundtrack by rock band Queen. Visually stunning, as I've already said, very bright colours, very in keeping with the original flavour of the original comic strip and the 1930s version, so the rocket ships all look very similar. And well-known actors who have now passed into legend, like Brian Blessed and Timothy Dalton, and a bit of a cheesy script, I guess. It was, I sometimes didn't know whether it was trying to be too much comedy or, or too much drama, but they just seemed to hit the balance right. Just a great, fun film, which was science fiction that came out around the time, you know, the world had got used to Star Wars, um, we'd had The Empire Strikes Back, that was quite a serious film, and, and then, bang, along comes Flash Gordon, and it was a great, fun film, and 
it's it's one of those ones that I could just watch time and time again, especially with a couple of decent buddies and a bottle of wine mm. and a chick and a chicken curry takeaway. I think you're right. If you were to read a summary paper or the juxtaposition of the the vision about the music, the vision about the decor and the sets, the costumes, the acting, and so on, this would not work. I mean, you look at the ingredients and you go, "This is a recipe for, for disaster." Um, but the producer. Dino De Laurentiis had a vision. And what is really, uh, well, I have a lot of respect, is that they respected indeed, you know, what Flash Gordon or the original Flash Gordon in terms of the comic strip and the, the, the series it would have been very tempting. And this is where the film marketing comes in for me very tempting to, to look around what others are doing. And you're right, Empire Strikes Back had, had just you know, been out. The world now was used to Star Wars as the reference point. It would have been very tempting to literally go, nah, let's not do Flash Gordon the way in which um, you know the authors back in the 20s and 30s wanted it. Let's do a Star Wars-like Flash yes. Gordon. Very, very tempting. And part of my work usually as the content marketing consultant is to always remind people, get on with your vision and your craft. Don't spend your time looking around about what others are doing. They are too busy doing their thing. And the world doesn't need another Star Wars-like story. That, that That's a journey. I mean, there's a link because you remember that George Lucas was obviously very much inspired by Flash Gordon because mm. he'd been around watching the TV series. The... I'm not sure that that's truth or more kind of legend, but someone said he wanted to make Flash Gordon back in the days because he didn't have the right, he wrote Star Wars instead. I'm not sure about that, but, you know, that's part of it. But what is nice mentioning about the cast in particular, there is a strong James Bond and a strong Star Wars, you know, kind of uh, influence because many of the actors and producers ended up working on James Bond movies or on Star Wars movies, you know, years and years later. In terms of the marketing, certainly what they did well at the time was the timing. So let's not compete against the summer blockbusters. This was released in the end of year for the end of year festivities. Mm -hmm, For mm -hmm. me, as an outsider, I would say that it's almost pantomime season. Yes. Um, when this was released in the UK. Uh, as you know, Franz Gordon did very well in Europe, not so well in the US, which I'm, mm. I'm wondering why, because ultimately the creators of Franz Gordon were Americans, am I right? Yes, indeed. And, and maybe that was the whole point. Maybe it was the, the pantomime element mm. that just hit the spot in Europe. <laughs> I, I, I don't know whether whether they even do pantomimes in, in the United States, but perhaps, it, even though it was an American production, there was something remarkably British about it. Yes. You know, even though the guy who played Flash um, was an American, it had a very British vibe to it. You know, Brian Blessed, archetypal <laughs> Brit, you know, um, Timothy Dalton played it just he, he he was so funny, but he was just that straight laced sort of uh, British hero, wasn't he? So it, it just it just had that vibe, and maybe that's why it didn't do well. But I think you're absolutely right, and it's a big lesson for us: is not to try and copy and be the same as everybody else. And 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 you see this so much that somebody showed me a, a, a visual this week of a certain category of car and basically they'd shown each model corresponding in the in that bracket for each of the main manufacturers so BMW Audi blah 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 and they all look 
the same, apart from maybe that one's slightly more rounded here and a slightly more square there. And you think, come on, where's the where's the innovation? Where's the being different? And and I think Flash Gordon paints that lesson. You know, it's it would have been so easy for them to have just done another Star Wars, but they went for that visual, outlandish visual look, the pantomime feel, and it absolutely worked. The, I mean, uh, what, what I will say is that also, which is, you know, once you've committed to a vision, don't deviate, again, by being distracted by what others others are doing. So when it came to, to the marketing, what they did do, which again is a surprise why it didn't work so well in the US, they had some very, very short trailers that were mimicking the comic strips. You know, there was always mm. like a very short action scene and a cliffhanger, real cliffhanger, yes, where sometimes yes. Flash was hanging off a cliff. And so... What they did for the film um, promotion, they, they took action scenes, but you didn't know how well Flash Gordon, the character, would would, would fare and, and do. My friends in France went to see it before I did. They all came back from the cinema, and they all tell me about the scene where they had to put the hand inside the tree stump with that kind of <laughs> scorpion-like creature. That's all they talked about. Yeah. So... For when I went, finally when I went, I was just waiting for the scene. And actually, even to this day, it's that kind of you know probably primordial fear of putting your hand somewhere where you shouldn't, <laughs> and have some kind of creepy insect biting you. But it was so funny. That was a, the whole. All they mentioned that the whole film was this thing where someone has to put their hand, get stung, and and die um, eventually. From the what you can read, because there's so much uh, been written by the, the the film. I know it's been re-released this year in a very very special 4K version, and so on. It's going to be beautiful. But suddenly, you mentioned Timothy Dalton. Um, he went full on in the, in the, in the acting the character, and perhaps you know did him good for his career. Absolutely right, and 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 it's like the tree stump scene was so iconic, and and of course the actor that put his hand in and got bitten was one of the uh, Blue Peter presenters, I always remember that, uh, um, Peter Duncan. Um, and, and so many things have become legendary. Um, I mean, Sam Jones effectively reprised the role of Flash Gordon in the Ted film, you know, mm, with the talking right. teddy bear. Um, and, and I went to see, I, I was at a dinner a couple of years ago, and Brian Blessed was the after-dinner speaker. And wow. guess what he did? The, he was introduced, he was introduced, he walked up onto the stage, opened his mouth and shouted at the top of his voice, Gordon's alive! And that was how he started. And the audience just went absolutely crazy. And that was a one line that he uttered in a film 40 years ago. And he probably starts every single speech that he does to this day with those words. That's how ingrained they've become into, into legend. It, it's fabulous. So, not you know, I would say to our viewers and listeners, if you've not seen Flash Gordon and you are not quite sure about what we're talking about, I highly recommend you watch it with, with a family. It's it's, it's a great hood. Um, I, I suspect it's going to be on the big screen. I would like to think that in December this year, forty years to the day of the release, uh, there would be something very special. But again, it's about the vision, and and I have to say, this is where this is where for me I take the message of. If you have a vision, stick with it. Even if around you there's some murmurs and some noise, it's not going to be quite right because I can guarantee that it will find its audience. Roger, 
This has been episode nine. It's been an absolute pleasure. To our viewers and listeners, a big thank you for your ongoing support. If you'd like to subscribe and leave comments, please go to the usual places. I was Pascal Fintoni and he was Roger Edwards. Until next time, go out there and make sure your marketing is done right. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. 